Edouard Logier had distilled the essence of bitter almonds many times before. Although the seeds were bitter and poisonous to eat, the fragrance was soft and pleasant, making it a staple at his family's perfume house of Logier Père et Fils. Edouard lived with his family above the shop in the centre of Paris, their bedrooms and offices taking up the entire second floor. Above them, on the third floor, were rooms with massive cauldrons and cooling pans for making soap. Below them, on the ground floor, their shop spread over the length of two facades, its floors and mezzanine outfitted with mahogany counters stacked with ceramic pots and glass-fronted armoires displaying bottles and vials. A hallway led to another set of rooms, lit by windows to an inner courtyard and off-limits to the public. The kitchen, dining room and a laboratory for preparing perfume materials. It was in this last room that Edouard found himself now, on a late summer's day in 1835, readying the pressed almond cakes for distillation. This batch, however, was not destined for the store's shelves, but for his own investigations into the chemistry of life. He had not always wanted to follow the family business. He had left home at 19, crossing the Seine to the left bank of Paris, where he set up a laboratory in the shadow of the Sorbonne and tried to join the ranks of the academic chemists. It proved a tough scene to break into. The positions were all controlled by the followers of Antoine Lavoisier, whose new chemistry, with its precise chemical formulas, replaced an antiquated language of spirit and phlegm. Edouard never managed to get a steady academic position, and after a few years of barely scraping by, he returned home to Logier Perifice. He brought with him a friend he had met on the left bank, Auguste Laurent, who had found himself in a similar situation. And so the two began working in a laboratory in the back of the perfume shop. By day, they distilled essences and mixed perfumes. At night, they dreamed of solving the mysteries of chemistry. The biggest issue of the day was the ongoing effort to extend Lavoisier's chemical revolution into the domain of living things. He and his disciples had achieved startling success in the inorganic realm, neatly arranging its materials into precise formulas and balancing the ledger books of their chemical reactions. The organic world, by contrast, had remained stubbornly ungovernable, its thousands of substances appearing to be nearly indistinguishable piles of carbon, hydrogen and oxygen. Two German chemists, Justus Liebig and Friedrich Wohler, had recently found a clue in the chaos. They had been trying a scattershot approach, reacting the essential oil of bitter almonds with just about everything they could get their hands on. Working backwards, sifting through their results, they identified a single configuration of atoms that seemed to remain constant through all these reactions. They named it the benzoyl radical, the first point of constancy in what had previously been a churning sea of indistinguishable carbons and hydrogens. Hailed as a point of light in the dark province of organic nature, it was a key that promised to unlock chemistry's thorniest difficulties. The problem was no one had ever isolated it, despite the efforts of the most renowned chemists of Europe. Edouard had not found it either, but this time he tried something a little different. As he went to soften the almond cakes before distilling them, he switched his usual water, drawn from the Seine, with water from one of the new artesian wells that had recently been drilled in Paris. 
A subtle change, no doubt, but these things mattered. When he made his house's signature Eau Regeneratrice, which promised rejuvenating effects drawn from the virtues of plants, Edouard always specified that he distilled the crushed bergamot peel with water drawn from the river and the bitter oranges with water from the fountain. And he continued to specify, as he added, Portugal oranges, mint, tarragon, cinnamon and roses. Other recipes were even more particular, insisting on water taken from the turbulent eddies beneath the blades of a mill wheel. Switching the water paid off. There, amid the purified distillate in the distilling flask, was something he had never seen before – 